0: You are now listening to The Entrepreneur Podcast with your host Adam McChesney. Let's grow!
1: Welcome to The Entrepreneur Podcast. I am your host Adam McChesney and I want to thank you for being here. We are live today from Half Coast Studios here in St. Louis, Missouri. Thank you to Half Coast for this amazing setup and for sponsoring the show. If you're looking to start your podcast or take your current one to the next level, then you need to check these guys out. Contact them today for a free consultation. If you're listening, please be sure to subscribe to the show and leave us a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. We would love for you to share this on social media by tagging me, and this way we can get this incredible content out to more people. Today's guest is someone in my network of Apex and the Champion Circle that I've gotten to know really well over the past few months. He's done a phenomenal job in building a culture within his company through core values while creating a dominant brand in South Carolina. He's consistently pouring into other entrepreneurs and coaching them to new levels and has his own podcast called Never Stop Building. My guest today is Sam Kaufman. He is the owner of On The Level Construction. Sam, welcome to the show. What's up, man? Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, it's been a long time coming. I know, uh, you know, we were connecting uh, going back and forth in messages, trying to get something on the books. I was almost going to come and, uh, you know, actually physically do be on your podcast a couple months ago, but uh, we'll have to make that happen. South Carolina is a great place, uh, and uh, really appreciate you coming on today, man.
0: Yeah, dude. Thanks for having me. Yeah, And if by back and forth, you mean I just kept getting swamped and taking a week and a half to respond to a message. Yeah. I, yeah. We went back and forth. That's a decent way to put it. So I appreciate
1: your patience and I appreciate you having me on here, dude. Of course, man. Yeah. Really excited for this episode. You know, you've been crushing it over the past couple of months and excited to dig into your entrepreneurial journey because I know you have a lot of great insights. Uh, you do quite a bit and uh, it's really exciting to see. So for for those of you that it, whether it's your first time listening or you've listened to episodes before, we like to compare the entrepreneurial journey to that of the beer brewing process. And that's why we got the entrepreneur process. So we're going to go through a couple different uh, you know, aspects of the entrepreneur's journey and kind of dig into Sam's story here. So the first thing that we want to obviously get to know is you a little bit better, Sam. So as far as the history goes within a beer, obviously every great beer has a reason behind why it's getting brewed. Give us a little bit of background on who you are, where you come from, and what you do.
0: Sure, yeah. So, um, man, I'm i Sam Kaufman, uh, and who I am, I'm husband, father of two, uh, you know, leader of men and women, um, coach, construction company owner, all that awesome sounding stuff. Um, and in all reality, dude, I'm. I'm a man trying to be a better version of myself today than I was yesterday. That's real. All that stuff really just combines to say, I'm just trying to be better today than I was yesterday. Um, and so, yeah, as far as the entrepreneurial journey goes, you know, um, I've been, I've been like this my whole life, I guess I would say. And like from, from a little kid, like, and I'll tell you, so, so for me, like uh, entrepreneur, being an entrepreneur has everything to do with freedom and whether you equate that to, Um, finances or you equate that to time or you equate that to where you work or how you work or who your clients are. I don't, it doesn't really matter whatever that means to you. But to me, I believe that I believe the spark for entrepreneurial um, journeys always comes from some moment of I'm not as free as I want to be. And so I remember as a little kid now, like I didn't grow up like in poverty or anything crazy like that, but I, I grew up, I grew up in a very wealthy town in New Jersey Um, And I was not the very wealthy kid. In fact, I was not in any way. Wealth was not even like a part of the equation. We were very typical um, middle-class, you know, when my dad had a job and lower middle-class when he didn't. And so like I learned early that if I wanted to do things, have things, be things, I had to go and earn some money. I also learned early. I loved, I loved being in control of my money earning. And what I what I mean by that is as a kid, my my businesses were winter with snow shovel. I was a door knocking, snow shoveling salesman. When I was 11, I figured out that people would pay X amount per driveway. You shovel their car out and you could just, man, you could hit a lot of doors and make a lot of cash. I remember like I made 300 bucks one Saturday at 12 years old with my buddy and it was over. It was over. <clears throat> And so that progressed. And as I got older, babysitting, dog walking, snow shoveling, I got a job. I loved, I was always, I was always hustling for lack of a better term. Now, um, you know, that energy can be put in many different directions. So there was a point in my life where um, I was not on a good path but I was still entrepreneurial. So there's a bunch of arrest records to go down that road. Um, My life is great today. I turned my life around, all that great stuff, but my entrepreneurial journey started a long time ago. And um, in my early twenties, I had to get my life back together um, from a five or six year stint of tearing it apart. And so uh, I got jobs and I was grateful to have jobs at that point in my life, Um, but I wasn't grateful um, to have no freedom. And so I really didn't have this big plan to be honest when I got my life back together. Um, I didn't have these big plans to be this business owner coach, all these great things. I just wanted to do better. I just wanted to do better for the kids I was raising. I wanted to do better for myself here, here and there. And I had an opportunity at the company I was working for at the time. Um, you know, I was like 23 or 24 years old and I was like running this dude's company. And, um, I had asked this guy, if he would give me a raise, I was getting paid for half the time I was working. So I was doing jobs. I was a cabinet installer. That's what I got paid for. Every time I screwed a box to a wall, I got money, but I was doing sales and I was leading people and I was training people. And I, I've always been that guy. I'm the oldest of three boys. Like I've always been the leader, the, you know what I mean? Like that's in my, and I was leading and training and hiring and selling. And so I'd get paid for maybe three days out of the week and not get paid for the other three. Cause I was only getting paid by the job. And I went to this guy and I said, Hey, we have this great relationship and I do really well for you and um you know would you put me on like a salary you know maybe a thousand bucks a week or something I could and that to me at the time that was a lot of money like I'd have loved to be making a thousand bucks a week for my family and that was cool and and that dude laughed at me and uh said that salaries were for special kind of people. Let me tell you something I'm grateful today that I'm not that kind of person, right? Salaries are for special kind of people and um I just wasn't there. And uh that was the moment that the switch went off in my head and I shit you not. Am I allowed to cuss on this podcast? Oh yeah, you're I, good. All right, cool, cool, <laughs> cool. So I shit you not, I'll do it twice just to do it now. That moment, something switched in my head and I decided right then and there, I was never gonna let another human being control my income. Not if I was gonna work my ass off, I have a work ethic like we all do. Everybody lives, I imagine most people listening to this, your demographic is entrepreneurs, Work ethics, not our problem. Now, focus might be and discipline might be. And knowing what we're supposed to do while we're while we're working hard might be. But the work ethic is not. I just decided in that very moment, I said, I'm going to have this work ethic and I'm going to kill myself. and I'm going to have this drive. I'm never doing it for somebody else ever again. And I put in a 30 days notice and I started my own cabinet installation business. That was the that was the starting the kickoff to the whole journey six and a half years ago.
1: Wow, that that that's pretty incredible. I there's there's a lot of things to unpack there, but I, I I know that in the very beginning you mentioned just always trying to create that better version, always looking for more, always knowing that there's more out there, and you can tell in everything that you do. Obviously, I I, I know you uh, pretty well now from social media and, and being around you, but you're just passionate about all the things that you spend time and energy on, which is really cool and it's always awesome to see and hear about a specific time that really flipped the switch. And obviously that, that happened when you were working for that other company. And that's really cool that it kind of got to that part. So as far as the next step that we like to take a look at here in the entrepreneur process is the ingredients. So within great beers, uh, great beers are made from great ingredients. What are three things that have made you successful in your journey over the last six and a half plus years?
0: Wow. Wow. three things that have made me successful. Um, you know, I would probably have to say the the very first thing, and I'll, I'll go back to maybe work ethic is not the right. Um, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to do not, not whatever it takes to achieve your goals. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get to where I have decided I want to get to, right? Because I see a lot of people, comparing themselves to other people, especially people they look up to and going, I got to match that person's schedule, or I got to match that person's income, or I got to match that person's business model in order to be like them. Well, dude, I don't want to be like them. I want to be like me. I just want to be the best version of myself. The best version of me is better than the best version of that guy anyway. And so, and now, now, now I don't. you know, that's just my own little confidence booster, right? But that's really like what I have to tell myself. And so I'm willing to do whatever it takes. To, to, to get to what I decided I'm going to get to is probably the first thing. The second thing is I am um, self-education has been huge this entire journey for me. And so like, I see the stack of books on your desk and I remember like reading when I started to read, I wasn't a reader, man. I barely graduated high school, like no joke, barely graduated high school. I'm not a college graduate. I don't have any of that good stuff. When I started reading, After I started my business, when I started educating myself, things changed quickly. Now, application, right? The education part and the I'm willing to do what it takes have to go hand in hand because you could read all the books in the world and still not get shit done. But when you read and apply, life changes. Um, And the third thing, you know, quite honestly, is there's been a thousand moments over the last six, six and a half years that um, all logic and evidence would have shown that quitting would have been a good idea stopping would have been smart to most people just slowing down, just kind of giving it up. It's hard. I'm broke right now. This doesn't make sense. I don't want to, I'm on, you know, day 33, no day off. I'm not getting home. There was a million times where quitting was the logical decision and I'm just too fucking stubborn, bro. (laughs) I just won't do it. If I decided, and that's why I'm real careful about what I agree to. Because I know that once the agreement's been made in my head, it has to happen. And so I'm real protective over what I say. I don't know, maybe a lot, because once I say yes, it's over. And so I would probably say that discipline, commitment and education have been my or my 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 want to continue to learn would be the two, the three big things.
1: That's amazing and incredible and very powerful. And hearing the agreement part of that is that mindset uh, mind, uh, set shift is when you say yes and you commit, like you're all in. And mm-hmm. even though people will say that a lot of times, like it is pretty rare today to have people just have that mindset. People oftentimes say yes, when they shouldn't say yes. And it's a, it's a big problem. So it's really cool to see that you've done a great job in protecting your time, your energy and things like that. Um, you know, I, 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 I have struggles trying to do that sometimes because I want to be everything for everyone and things like that. So it's really cool. Was there a particular time or have you guys always been that way since you've been an entrepreneur? Or Was there a specific time where you're like, OK, I need to just commit to everything that I can do and weed out the stuff <laughs> that I can't?
0: No, I've, I've always been big on following through on my commitments where I went wrong, though, was I was a yes man to everything and everybody around me. And, and so I would say yes to all the customer requests and I would say yes to my wife constantly and I would say yes to my kids and I would say yes to my friends and I would say yes to my mentees and I would say yes, yes, yes. But what was really happening was when I, I thought I was a committed individual, I was actually a liar. I was a dishonest person because I was agreeing to things that I could not follow through on. I had the best intentions in the world, but I had no calendar and no structure to back it up. Yes, I will be there on Saturday. Absolutely, I can do that. Well, I got plans with my wife and my daughter, and I didn't even remember because it's not on my calendar. Well, now, who am I letting down? And if you're an entrepreneur, I imagine that you know what it's like to let your wife and kids down 80% of the time and your customers 20. Well, your wife and kids 80, you 19, and then your customers 1% of the time. It's always customer first. It's always client first, right? And the big shift was, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've always been committed, but I used to be dishonest. And what changed was now, for instance, doing 75 hard. Now this is just a commitment to myself, but I'm on day nine of 75 hard. And when I, when I did it, wasn't a weight loss. It wasn't, I did it to prepare for an opportunity. But when I looked at the app, I I don't think about it as in tomorrow's going to be tough. I thought to myself, it's a 75 day commitment. It's not a one day commitment. It's not a two day commitment. I look, I said, 75 days, you you down? I said, screw it. I'm in. I hit go. And that's it. It's a 75 day commitment, period. Not 74, not 63. It's a, you have to, I looked through the whole calendar. Am I good? Yeah, I'm good. Let's go. Does that, make, does that make sense? Like,
1: yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. And I, I really like how you made the the transition and the correlation between like being committed and then having all the intentions in the beginning but thinking it was you know thinking it could happen when it just really wasn't physically possible and so now that that shift has obviously paid off for you to be able to you know take things to where you have and obviously I've been following your 75 hard journey so that's amazing man super proud of you for for that, man, Um it's really cool, man. So, the you know, the next aspect of of where we're going with this is obviously uh, the brewing process in general. Great beer doesn't happen overnight. So we've kind of talked about in in detail some of the things along your journey. But give us kind of some of the ups and then some of the downs of your journey and what you've been able to do to kind of get overcome and then obviously get to where you're at today because of it. Sure. Yeah. So, um,
0: you know, I started the business and it was, it was just me and another guy. And I was, I was installer full-time install. I started the business with the intention of installing full-time, but getting paid five or six times where I was making, working for someone else. And that's how it started. And it was really good. I like now I'm going to, I'm a couple of kickers here for any new business owners listening. I was making more money than I had ever seen in my life paying myself $500 a week. I was writing myself a check every week for 500 bucks. I knew that I wanted to hire an employee and I wouldn't hire my first employee until I had his entire year's salary in cash in the company checking account. When I hit that number, now I'm not suggesting that necessarily, there's probably faster and better ways to grow. All I'm saying is for 12 months, I wrote myself a $500 check. I had staff making more than me. I had everybody made more than me. I was just very frugal with my dollars. So anyway, starting the business. And um, the biggest up, the biggest ups in the beginning, and still to this day are the people. What I fell in love with as a business owner was being a leader. I fell in love with being a leader more than being a business owner. Being a business owner blows most of the time. Let me tell you something right now. Now, being an entrepreneur, being a CEO, like these are different things. Being a business owner has a lot of suck to it there's a lot of shit you got to deal with like that we don't talk about all the time. We, we, I love the highlight reel on the internet, but the owner part is tough, man. It ain't, it ain't for everybody. So I fell in love with the people. So we grew fast. And like the first three years we were in business, I don't want to say it was all ups cause it wasn't, we had, we had competitors vandalizing kitchens that we put in. We, we had all kinds of struggles, but it was almost like, we were given a gift the first three years in business. We just grew year over year, exponential, 100-plus percent growth as a labor-only company. It was unheard of. We were just killing it, taking over the area. Um, so things were really good. And so I had a uh, an interesting perspective on what growth looked like and almost like, well, I'm sort of invincible. So really, whatever I do is, I guess, a great decision, right? Not really accounting for the fact that the market was just demanding and not really accounting for the fact that it like... There was a few things I missed. So after year three, I decided we're going to expand, expand. And so I'm planning on opening up another branch two hours away. At one point, I had two cities locked down two hours away from each other. Um, We were killing it, um, and then we weren't. And so I had this giant client uh, down in the other city who, and this this is for anybody too, like this was my first experience with a business mentor. This guy offered to mentor me. And ended up taking advantage of our company to the tune of a six-figure plus invoice and then told us to kick rocks. So I put this second branch. I, I branched the mistake I made was instead of instead of spreading until we physically couldn't handle work that far away anymore, I just planted. It was my big mistake. I just decided that I could replicate because I'm a process guy. I'm a process procedure core value guy. I'm an SOP freak. So I just, I was like, this will work no matter where I am. It didn't, the market was different. The demographic was different. The work service was different. Everything was different. Um, we got screwed and I I thought I was gonna lose the business. I did not, I was not prepared. I had to shut that down. I had to lay six people off or more. I don't even remember how many people we had full-time down there. Um and I had to, I had to like walk through a massive failure, the biggest to my career at that point. And the bill was so massive, we had diverted all of our um, other branch attention to them for like two months because we were helping. We were, I was Mister, again Mister Help, Mister Fix It, Mister I Got You, Mister I Want All the Attention for Being the the, the Best Guy, the Best Company, the Bet You're I Want to Be the Best. Um, And in turn, in that scenario, what I did by my desperate attempt to be looked at as the best, I didn't perform at my best. And that was one of the biggest takeaways for me in that moment was my, my best is protecting my team, not looking good to other people. My best is protecting my finances and my time and my family. There's not a customer on the planet whose perspective of me is more important than paying my mortgage and putting food on my table. Not one. And at that time, I didn't think that way. I thought that if I did the right thing, all the right things would happen. And sometimes doing the right thing is saying, fuck off, you're done, you're cut off. Sometimes it is, as as shitty as it sounds, it is. And so coming out of that was this big transformation for me as an owner, an individual, and a leader, parent, husband, everything, because I never thought I was about to lose everything. And then I was almost about to lose everything. Um, and then, and that's when started the journey of, of reaching out, seeking help and my own coaches. And I had been mentoring people and helping people. And I realized I didn't have anybody to help me. The one guy that offered to help me robbed me straight up. Like, and I, I was like, there's gotta be a better way. Um, and so the last two years, the ups, um, It's been a bit of a roller coaster. We went on a massive growth trajectory, but I did it right. I did it strategically and I planned it. And so even you do it strategically and plan it, man, it's a massive roller coaster. There's been financial ups and downs, um, risks, this, that, and the other thing. But the biggest up right now is, to be quite honest with you, what I see right now on a day-to-day basis is my team operating at the highest level they can operate and enjoying their day-to-day work life. And we're growing. So I've checked all the necessary boxes and I'm a firm believer that the financial success will be a symptom and result of my ability to lead the team to provide the result. I'm not in control of the results right now. All I'm in control of is providing the necessary team leadership to, for them to achieve the results. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's extremely powerful when you do it that way as well, because like I, see in the things that you post and the text messages and things that people are sharing within your team or customers and things like that. And you can just see the electricity and you can see how excited people are to be a part of your company and your brand and living your core values and missions. And, and that's the cool part about being the the business owner where it mostly sucks because you're able to step into a leader position. You're able to do what makes you happy. And you guys have definitely been through a roller coaster for sure so that's uh man it's really powerful and exciting to see
0: mm, yeah i appreciate your feedback <laughs>
1: yeah, it is. no
0: it's, it is and it is electric and look for anybody listening like i i I this business that adam's referring to with the texts and the messages it's a kitchen and bath renovation company and a flooring retail store like if you're out there like we for all intents and purposes we don't even do anything that cool we're in contracting and i in and I say that just to say, it doesn't matter what you sell. You have a responsibility to build a culture like that. Cause, and that was one of the big misconceptions when I started a construction company was, well, it's a construction company, so I'll do the best I can. No, nah, man, fuck that. Every company needs a culture and every, these are still human beings. It doesn't matter what you sell, you're leading human beings. And if, when that's the, the priority, when that's number one, everything else is honestly just incredible.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now, culture is king, and and when done correctly, is, is amazing. It's exponential what it can do for the growth of the business. As we kind of transition here into the fourth uh, out of the fifth point, uh, as far as the entrepreneur process goes, we have the fermentation and conditioning. So this is the part where within the beer, you kind of see what the beer tastes like and figure out what needs to be changed in order to get better for the final result. What is the biggest lesson that you have learned that you would share with someone that's an entrepreneur looking to save them years worth of mistakes?
0: Uh, I would probably say, don't ever take your focus off of your relationships. To be quite honest, it is so easy to start putting relationships. I'm not saying results don't matter. They do. Results are whether or not you stay in business. I have just found that when relationships stay the priority at all times, the results just speak for themselves. And so I would just, there's been many times in my, in my entrepreneurial career, my business career, where I got nervous about the results. And so I stopped putting the effort into the relationships to try to control the results. The only thing that controls results is healthy relationships. So
1: that's a great piece of advice. And yeah, I think we can definitely get sidetracked at times if we're not hitting our numbers or we're thinking we're not living up to a certain expectation. But relationships are always going to be there regardless. And so investing in those, putting time and energy into those—I mean, that's that's it's very powerful as well. The last and uh, fifth piece here to this entrepreneur process is the distribution. So obviously, within beer, taking that to the market and selling it, you know, you got a lot of exciting things going on, your business, your podcasts, coaching, all that stuff. What is next for Sam and the the years to come ahead? Um, I look,
0: man, I, I'm not a huge, um, multi-year out kind of planner. I, uh, I am a lot of intuition and gut kind of guy, but for the, the near future, um, I am going to be my focus is going to be the following. I will be propping up leadership at the construction company, and I will be um, I will be putting in some more time and energy into coaching and helping other business owners. Um, I'm gonna leave it at that. I'll give you more. I'll <laughs> give you more when I when I can give you more. But I'm gonna leave it at that. Right now, my goal is to be is to be a leader creator. And I'm, I'm working through figuring out how to make most of my time creating more leaders because I think that this world and this country is in desperate need of more leadership. So
1: that's I, where I'm at. I <laughs> love it, man. I love the title, Leader, Creator. That's a perfect, mm-hmm. that's a perfect fit for you, man. <laughs> well, cool. We well, certainly really appreciate you coming on the Entrepreneur Podcast today. Any last pieces of advice before we get into things like show notes and where people can find you uh, that you'd like to leave with the audience?
0: No, man, my my only piece of advice is listen to uh, Adam's podcast regularly. This is an awesome setup. Uh, I love what you're doing here. Um, No, no, I have nothing else. That's it.
1: (laughs) Well, cool, man. Well, I certainly appreciate you coming on. It was a jam-packed episode. I got, I mean, I knew some of the stuff about you. I knew some of the stuff, uh, you know, just about the value that you bring, but uh, really opened my eyes to a lot of things as well. So certainly appreciate you coming on. If you can let the audience know, we'll have everything in the show notes, but where can they get a hold of you and find you on uh, social media and the internet?
0: Uh, Yeah. Facebook and Instagram, both are Sam Kaufman official. Um, You can DM me. I'm not nearly popular or famous enough to ignore your DMS. I will get busy for a week and have to get back to you, but uh, you're not being ignored. Uh, And that's it. That's the easiest way to find me Facebook and Instagram and the podcast uh, neverstopbuildingpodcast.com. That's kind of my platform to, I share I share very openly on the podcast. So
1: Yeah. Awesome, man. We'll certainly appreciate you coming on. And thanks again to uh to our audience. We want to thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, download, and share our content. Leaving a five star review goes a long way. Thank you again to Half Co Studios. If you're in St. Louis and looking to start a podcast, then you seriously need to come check out what they have going on here. And we'll see you all next week. Remember, entrepreneurs aren't born, they are brewed.
0: I'm an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, so I'm born
1: to prove, thank you for listening to Entrepreneur Podcast, with your host Adam McChesney, let's go!